Welcome to the first episode of One Gay, One Guy, your official podcast companion to Her Kind Mag. Uh, I'm Hannah, and I'm sat here with Joe. Hey. And we're going to introduce ourselves and tell you a little bit about us and a little bit about the theme of the podcast that's to come. So, Joe, you want to tell me about you and why you're a part of Her Kind? So, I am every stereotype of the kind of person <laughs> that wouldn't read this magazine. I am a straight white male. I'm a stereotypical straight white male. But... The reason I wanted to get involved in this is because I have questions, standard like mm-hmm. questions that a lot of straight people have about the community that they might be scared to ask, might just not know the answers to. But also, my naivety could come in handy for someone who is potentially kind of on the border about their own sexuality. They might have the same questions that mm-hmm. I have. So that's why that I joined. Also, I don't like writing about food. So <laughs> I don't want to join the other one. <laughs> So, Joe, what you're telling me is basically you're kind of a proxy for any young LGBTQ plus women uh, who might have a lot of questions about the community who might not feel completely comfortable asking themselves. Right, exactly. So people that might be on the fence, mm-hmm. people that you know might be unsure in their own sexuality, I'm sure they have questions but don't know where to turn to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be that person. I'm okay. a, I am a surrogate lesbian for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> and Joe, do you want to tell our listeners just a couple of facts about yourself so we can kind of get to know you? Yeah, uh, so um, I'm a magazine journalism postgraduate, uh, same as you guys. I played sport my whole life, still interested in sport, looking to get into sports journalism kind of post. Mm-hmm. We finished this thing. Um, I'm a former football player, standard male stuff, I guess. Very masculine. So everything you'd expect from an LGBT podcast is right there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so for those that don't know, I'm Hannah. Uh, I'm, again, a magazine journalism postgraduate student along with these guys. Uh, her kind is super important to me. It's a magazine that I would have loved to have had when I was uh, 17, 18. For anyone that doesn't know, although I normally shout it from the rooftops, uh, I identify as a gay woman. Uh, and this is very, very close to my own heart. And it's just topic that I've wanted to introduce to my working life now probably for the past couple of years Um, I'm very proud to be working on a project as essential and as vital as this Uh, so what I'm kind of beginning to be doing in the podcast is answering Joe's burning questions you know Uh, and it's gonna be I don't know we're gonna it's gonna be fun it's an interesting setup isn't it it's balanced it's balanced there's not I'm not I'm not an avid listener of LGBT (laughs) podcasts I'll be honest but I can't imagine there's many of them no, there's someone who is extremely openly out and someone who is extremely openly straight. Yeah, it's openly straight is that? Openly on? straight? How long did it well, take you to come we'll out come, straight? We will, yeah, exactly. We will come <laughs> on to that. We will come on to that. Uh, yeah, so it's a pretty niche setup, like to have two people who are on right. complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Because a great deal of the LGBT plus podcasts out there tend to have uh, more than one member of the community involved. So this is going to be very fresh, very new. Exactly. Exactly. So, I already mentioned it earlier, uh, but the theme of today's episode is coming Coming out. out. Uh, So we're going to talk all things coming out, the concept of it, whether or not you have to do it, whether it still feels relevant in the 21st century, especially in 2020, uh, how people feel about it. And we're also going to have some clips in from members of the community, young LGBTQ plus women on their feelings about coming out, uh, what they think of it, again, whether they think it's necessary, if it's actually a part of their life, so on and so forth. And then we're also going to have uh, our Did You Know segment, which we're going to do at the end of every episode, which is like a five minute segment uh, where we talk about something to do with the subject we've got going on today uh, that a lot of people might not know. You excited, Joe? Absolutely buzzing, mate. Absolutely okay. Buzzing. And with that, should we kick off? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to talk about some common kind of questions and maybe even misconceptions centred around the concept of coming out. So Joe is going to ask me a couple of things. This one here. So 
Is it still necessary to come out in 2020? Uh, so obviously different people are going to feel different ways about this. Um, but in my opinion, coming out should only happen if you feel like you're in a position where you can. Uh, so it's not necessary to come out uh, because just because you're not out to people doesn't mean <clears throat> that your sexuality is any less valid than someone's that is. Uh, for In my case, I feel personally for myself that it was necessary to come out because I'm a little bit older now, like I'm 22. I know I'm not very old, but I've been out since to, certainly to my family and friends since I was 15, 16. So it's been a very long time for me. Um, so the reason that I tend to be quite open about my sexuality, that I tend to come out to every person I meet, is because I almost feel a position of responsibility to younger women, because uh, I know how it felt at 14 and 15 to be terrified of coming to the terms of the idea that you might be gay or bisexual or anything that isn't straight. And what mattered to me when I was growing up was having role models to turn to and people to look up to which usually kind of came in the form of celebrities, you know. Um, there were lots of uh, filmmakers, for example, I looked at, because uh, film is very important to me, uh, who were openly gay, and that really helped me to sort of accept myself. And I just feel now that if, I, if I'm if i open with it, then I hope it encourages other people to be open and honest about it too. Uh, and that's my opinion. What? How would you define coming out? Because to, to someone like me, it just seems like you finally have that conversation where you sit your parents down mm -hmm. and you say, look, this is this is who mm -hmm. I am but I'm sure it's a lot <laughs> deeper than that. It goes a lot further than that. Yeah. That, the, the, the only thing that I base that on is films or TV yeah. series where TV series where th the whole kind of plot line has been, is this person gay, is this person not gay? Mm -hmm. Then they finally have that conversation. They're normally crying and that's them <laughs> coming out in quotation marks. Yeah, that is the archetypal but kind what, of... But what is, like, I'm sure there's, there must be more levels to it than that. So coming out doesn't really look like it does in film and television. You know, there aren't, you know, explosions of rainbow confetti everywhere uh, and there's no kind of cake to be sliced or anything. Uh, coming out looks very different because what's important to remember when it comes to coming out is the fact that you don't just come out once in your lifetime. And any queer person will tell you this. Coming out is a matter of repetition. So you come out over and over and over and over again. So there's, of course, coming out to your family. Uh, there's coming out to your friends, but then later in life they will be coming out to your fellow classmates they'll be coming out uh, to your colleagues uh, you'll come out to basically every new person you meet at one point or another especially um, if for example your personal life is intrinsically linked to your sexuality in some people's cases that's not it there are lots of bisexual pansexual and queer women who may be dating men currently at that moment in time and they may not choose to disclose their sexuality um in the case of gay women, for example, like myself, it's difficult to avoid the subject of my romantic life without naturally coming out to someone because I will inherently be using she, her pronouns. Um, so coming out looks different every time you come out to someone. Uh, so when I came out to my family, I was about 16 years old. I actually didn't want to. Um, I was actually outed against my own will uh, because text messages were found on my phone to another girl um, and it meant that I had to be pretty honest and upfront with my family maybe when I wasn't exactly ready to be um, and to be honest my parents have been pretty great from day one uh, it did take them a little bit of time to get their heads around it when I first told them perhaps because I was very young uh, I also come from an Irish Catholic background which colours things a little um, but then ever since in the seven years pretty much since I've been out to them they've been incredibly supportive and I couldn't have asked for better parents um, they have no problem with me dating women um you know in fact they ask about my romantic life they ask what girl i'm talking to next which makes it sound I, I, that doesn't mean i'm always talking to girls by the way i just needed to throw it, that it, out it there. trivializes it but it's like that's the same kind of conversations that my parents have with me exactly so that's, no, like, that's, reassuring, that's reassuring but that's what you want yeah. then you want that normalization there of isn't, it. yeah exactly just because you, you might be texting a female my brother might come up to me and say oh are you talking to anyone at the minute i know he's referring to a female because i'm straight exactly but, 
in the same sense your parents say oh who are you talking to you know they're referring to a female because and it's lovely to have that like my mum will say like oh how was that girl you were talking to or right. you know we met this girl or we saw this girl and it's really nice that my parents have normalized that for me and like my dad for example and my mom too would go out of their way to send me articles about uh gay culture and stuff because they know i'm interested in it um they've gone out of their way in the past to watch films um about lgbt people you know in order to make an effort to connect with me more which is very admirable and i i realize how very lucky i am to have a family like that um i'm also out to my entire family so my grandparents are also aware my brothers are aware my aunties and uncles are all aware and you know it didn't I didn't sit down with um, my entire extended family in one go and was like hey I'm gay Uh, I told my parents and then six months later I told my both of my brothers Uh, months after that I then told my grandparents I told my aunts my uncles cousins so on and so forth and those conversations were different every time so even coming out to your family looks different depending on each family member you come out to my brother i came out to uh, wagamamas i think um and he told me he'd already, up yeah he'd already guessed he already Katsu knew because uh, i had no interest in boys and then with my aunt i remember telling both of my aunties when we were having a couple of glasses of red wine so it's gonna look different depending on who you're talking to was there ever a case where like because i've got friends who, who i've known since i was tiny tiny mm-hmm. that I went to primary school with and then we kind of got to that age around like 16 17 18 and then they came out and everyone was like oh did you realize x has come out or whatever and there was kind of a really because we all knew (laughs) like Mm. i've got friends who you didn't know were gay but you're like you you can read the signs was ever a sense where like you came out to someone and they were just like Oh yeah, we, we 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 knew we had we had that idea. Oh yeah, I think that was the vast majority of my yeah. experience. And it, in and it out. wasn't it wasn't a case where someone was like, oh my god, Hannah's come out. It was just like a <laughs> Hannah's okay. Yeah, being completely <laughs> cool. honest, it wasn't much of a shock to anyone, um, particularly not my parents, because even when I was a teenager, I just never really had interest in boys. Like right. I didn't talk about boys. I didn't have posters of boys on my wall, other than One Direction, but that was purely a musical interest. Um, and the same with my brothers both of them were like you just we had this inherent feeling same with my friends at school you know they just had this feeling even when i got to university for example um, my friends on my course were vouched for me when i not admitted because like obviously i was already out but when i mentioned the fact that i was gay to them not a single one of them was surprised and yeah I, I yeah i, I can back, but that, that goes back to the original question when i first met you i didn't i wasn't in my head i was like I bet she's a lesbian. It was just a, it, when we started having a conversation, you said, "Oh, I'm seeing this girl." In my head, I was just like, "Yeah." And there it is. Yeah, exactly. So there are lots and lots of cases um, where people have come out, and it's almost like everyone knew before they did. Right. Um, so even in my case, it sometimes felt like that. But people around me knew even before I'd decided solidly kind of what my sexuality was. Yeah, and it's not a case where you're like pushing that person to be like, "Not at all." You're definitely, yeah, you need to come. Out. It was just like a we can kind of see the writing on the wall here. I guess and that's fine that's fine that's just exactly like that's someone's makeup that's how they at the end of the are. day your family and friends know you and they know you well enough to understand things about yeah. you you know and they might even suspect things especially with your parents like your parents might know you better than you know yourself and some friends do and they might be able to anticipate uh, the fact that you might not yeah. be straight um going back to the original question then is mm-hmm. it necessary to have so when you say coming out mm-hmm. i think the question is more is it necessary to have that one conversation where you're you sit someone down and say look this is who i am or is it just a case of be who you are be happy in who you are and people will kind of connect the dots Mm -hmm. i think if you're in a position where you're comfortable and you're safe to come out um and you want to then you absolutely should if if it's something that you want to do 
then you should but i do think it's important uh, to bear in mind that a great deal of people aren't in positions where they can whether that's because of uh, they might struggle financially if they were to come out or whether their general well-being and health could be threatened um there are cases unfortunately still where people's social lives can be threatened by it I think coming out should always be a personal decision like it's the one thing often as queer people that we we feel control of that we own um so for someone to be outed is something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy you know right. coming out can happen at any age I mean like all we have to do is look at Philip Schofield as an example you know people are coming yeah. out later and later in life um and at the end of the day that's not on anyone to judge him for that that is completely his choice and yeah it comes back to the original point is I think you should only come out if you feel safe and comfortable to do so and if it's something that you desire it's not necessary to come out uh, but if it's something you want to do then you absolutely should but I think the main takeaway from it is just to live life on your own terms and the people that you want to know the people that need to know they can know if necessary segment coming up for you now Joe the thing you're going to look forward to most can you guess what it is is it the did you know segment it is did you know how did you know it's almost like we had this planned out before Wow. It's funny actually saying how did you know because actually the person we're talking about today made a great song called How Will I Know. I'm giving you clues here as to who we're talking Is about. It, yeah. Love me. I say a prayer with every heartbeat. God, who is that? Whitney Houston. Oh, it is Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. We were talking earlier about it, and I was like, "Is that Whitney Houston?" I thought that was yeah. someone else. Oh, no, that well. was Whitney Houston. So yeah. Well, there we are. You Whitney. learn something new every day. You do, and that's not even what you're going to learn. Fantastic. So that's even more exciting. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so Whitney Houston, 80s starlet, you know, huge singer, uh, hits such as "I Will Always Love You," uh, "How Will I Know," which Joe and I just butchered within an inch of its life. Um, Lovely rendition. Also, uh, "I Want to Dance with Somebody." It's not right, but it's oh, okay. That's a good tune just, as well. You know, so many hits. You know, she's a massive pop star in the 80s. Uh, huge, huge, influential member for uh, R&B, disco, so on and so forth. Um, Whitney Houston, of course, uh, died a couple of years back. Uh, Quite tragically, her life was cut very short. Uh, But I've got a did you know for you coming up. So it was recently revealed uh, by Whitney Houston's former partner, uh, Robin Crawford, who's a woman, that they had a 20-year, pretty much lifelong relationship uh, that was never discussed while Houston was alive. There were always rumours about it. So, you know, uh, people always kind of talked about the fact that she might be gay or she might be into women. Um, But until many years after her death, I mean, this news came out just before Christmas. Uh, It was never actually established that Winnie Houston had had a 20-year relationship with another woman. I never actually knew that. No. Genuinely never knew that. And you really really didn't know that at all? Wait, what was her partner's name? Robin Crawford. Was she the one that was married to Mike Tyson? Shall I have a look? Have a look. Mike Tyson was married to a Robin someone who was very famous in the 90s. Maybe it was. Which would bring our world together. Oh my God, can you imagine? I can't remember what her name was. It was Robin something. Robin Crawford. Uh, I'll have a look now. I'm not 100% sure, but I I genuinely never ever knew that. I feel like that's something you should know. Yeah, it definitely is, but... Because Whitney Houston is... No, she wasn't married to Mike Tyson. Sorry about that. She's actually an American author, producer, and she was former assistant to and creative director for Whitney Houston. So they used to work together as well as uh, have romantic relationships. I feel like that's something that everyone should know. It's huge, right? genuinely never, ever knew that. It's huge news. Whitney Houston was massive in the 80s. I mean, she's up there with, like, George George Michael on levels of who was big in the 80s. Um, And her death was, like, tragic. You know, that sparked a whole load of outpouring of uh, love and... Uh, commiserations Uh, but yeah so for her whole pretty much adult life uh, Robin Crawford tells us in a book that she wrote that was released again just before Christmas and that's how this news came about uh, that the two of them yeah enjoyed a romantic and sexual relationship for 20 years 
I feel like that's a real reflection of the times, though. Right. Because if Whitney Houston came out as bisexual or, or gay, as whichever she would have chosen to identify as at that time, she would have been the the public outcry would have been horrific. Oh, absolutely. Whereas if she did it now, I mean, we look at Philip Schofield this week. I genuinely like in in anticipation of this podcast every time and I'm sure Philip Schofield has received some Mm -hmm. abuse but every time I see a post about it I check the comment section to see if there is someone normally called Karen who definitely voted for the Tories (laughs) who's saying oh this is disgusting or whatever Mm -hmm. and I genuinely have been like struggling to find that kind of abuse which is a a good thing maybe it reflects the fact that you know times they really are changing and i, yeah, I hope they are sure. but i mean let's look at philip schofield for example again it's... sorry anyone called karen by the way who's listening to this i'm sure you're <laughs> lovely um well it, it's not too dissimilar from the Whitney Houston thing let's think these were both um people in their 20s during the 80s um let's not forget the context here the 80s was the height of the hiv aids crisis gay people certainly in america um yes over here but obviously it was america that bore the brunt of the aids and hiv crisis um we were essentially treated like the scum of the earth right you know anyone that suffered with hiv anyone that suffered with aids uh it was seen as a gay plague you know people were thankful for the fact that this crisis was happening because they saw it as a punishment for uh lgbt people's supposed sins of course of which of well, which I mean, there is the, no such thing you, 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 i'm sure you've seen dallas buyers club of course they yeah. had to break the law to get medication well exactly and so if you think about philip schofield what we were just talking about was a 23 year old man in the 80s whitney houston was a woman in her early 20s in the 80s why would you come out yeah you know especially not just you know and it was the same with George Michael. George Michael was a gay man in the 80s. He never came out. In fact, George Michael was outed. So maybe he never wanted to come out. That didn't come out until the later in the 90s, you know? Yeah. So what what does it say that these people clearly had relationships romantically and sexually with people? In the case of Houston, it was it was, it was was a decade-spanning relationship. It was clearly an important and beloved relationship that she could never be honest about in her, in her whole lifetime. And I think it's important that that... It is important to remember that is sad, but it's also very 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 different now i'm sure mm-hmm. there are there are definitely celebrities there are definitely footballers oh absolutely who are there's um max clifford who is questionable human being but he said he's a publicist for the stars. he said he knows full well that he's got a he's got clients who are openly gay with their friends and family but publicly that is kept deeply deeply under wraps mm-hmm. and i think i'm not going to try i'm going to try and make a comparison here between a random footballer who is not as relevant as Whitney Houston but I think it does speak volumes that they see it as if they came out it's not going to go down well publicly for them it's not going to go down well with the fans and that's a shame that's a shame and that's a massive the only only, only openly gay footballer I can think of who played recently is uh, Thomas Hitzelsberger and he came out years after he retired Uh, Justin Justin Fushu Fushu years ago got killed Uh, well killed himself yeah exactly exactly. and, and that's like as sad as it is that is probably why they didn't come up because they knew the torment would be so 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 bad so this is something to talk about because I mean football is your area of expertise uh, and gayness is mine someone um, someone, someone some question that and we actually cross- I am a Bristol City fan we actually cross over I'm a anyone that knows me I'm I'm beloved uh, fan of Tottenham Hotspur uh, probably one of the worst teams in the world uh, Joe loves Bristol City uh, and we always talk about football but here we can actually link football and queerness which is really yeah, interesting absolutely. so um, and I think it's the opposite in the women's game it's Absol- completely the opposite completely in the women's opposite. game completely opposite there's, there's a big stereotype that oh if you play football when you're a woman you're a lesbian and that's obviously not the case not at all but you've got American women like Megan Rapinoe who I mean, is you've got an icon yeah and an absolute got, icon you've got Ashlyn Harris and Ali Krieger who are quite literally married and both uh, players right. for the US women's national team uh, so 
it, it's interesting you find this across football you'll yeah. see it in the women's super league you see it in the national women's soccer league over in america a great deal of uh, female football players are openly gay or yeah. bisexual and then you look to the premier league uh, you look to division two you look to the championship or whatever where are the openly gay doesn't. male f- and, and statistically it just doesn't they, add up they, right they, they will they 100 percent, 100 percent. there are gay f- i've played with people who used to be gay and it mm-hmm. was of, we'd make jokes obviously like but it was never malicious but it definitely happens at a professional level 100 100% so I'm curious to get your opinions on this then in that case so do you think um footballers so Premier League football players you know I was talking earlier about the idea of coming out and like the idea of being a role model and responsibility do you think Premier League footballers I know it's difficult I know it's a very um it's a very difficult line to balance and a tight tre- a tight rope to walk to tread um do you think there should be a sense of responsibility where they maybe should come out to say to younger fans, perhaps, that this is okay. Like, I play football and I'm gay and you can do both. This really isn't my question to answer, I'll be honest. As, no, as, that's as, true, that's true. As as a football fan, yeah, I do not care. Yeah. The only thing that I care about is how good you are at football. Yeah. That is the and only that should thing, be the only thing that people care about, and, right? And you, you, we're kind of talking about the whole race debate here mm-hmm. when we bring like Sterling in and stuff. I do not care how good you are at football is what I'll judge you on yeah whether you want to openly come out as a gay footballer if you do I will absolutely applaud you for mm-hmm. doing that because that is a big big you, big deal do and you, you think it'll ever happen absolutely yeah, yeah 100% really? I think yeah absolutely I, it, it has to same as anything I think there's gonna there's gonna be someone who does it and everyone's like whoa okay and then I think as I, I, someone someone's gonna take that leap and I don't know who that is because that's just the nature of the beast at the minute mm-hmm. but I think once you cross that threshold I, I think and I, and I don't know how long it will be mm-hmm. but I think once we cross that line then you're going to start people being a lot more open about it mm-hmm. and they're going to get abuse they're going to get abuse from the fans for everything of course they are that, that's, that's obviously not a good thing mm. but it has to happen at some point like you said statistically there has to be and there is yeah of course absolutely players who everybody knows who are household names might even be in the England team you don't know yeah but it's going to happen eventually yeah well, I hope so. Yeah, but you saw like even like going back to Sol, like anyone who knows about Sol Campbell. Sol Campbell, mm. there was rumours about him being gay for years and years and years and years. And he's, I think, the guy's married with children. Mm. Which obviously, not. I mean, Philip's Well, I mean, no one's obviously... ever betrayed me the way Sol Campbell has. Yeah. Tottenham to Arsenal. Tottenham to Arsenal. Unforgivable. Go on, what a legend. But the abuse that he got. Yeah. And he, there were songs about him having having AIDS, having everything under the sun, and he wasn't even gay. Yeah. So, so it, it, can you imagine the backlash you'd face exactly, if you were to yeah. be openly gay so and come so, out in that for football someone, So for someone to not do that, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But there's going to come a time when you you might even get outed, but there's going to come a time when someone mm-hmm. does have that so, that big, this is who I am, either accept me or screw you kind of attitude, which is, which is how they should have it. Yeah, so circling back to our original point, which was, did you know that Whitney Houston uh, had a decade-spanning relationship no. with another woman? Did so not. you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know about our listeners. Our listeners might know, they might not. But, I mean, what that says is that, you know, there was a period where coming out was just completely unthinkable yeah. uh, for celebrities. Um, and... I think that things are changing. Look things at, are like, changing, and yeah. I think the Philip Schofield news the other week yeah. is reflective of that. Um, and I think there's certain industries where it's it's more acceptable to do that. Like we talked about football and sport being one that, especially for men, is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. For women, it's the opposite. It's almost expected in a lot of sports. And I think there's going to come a time when it's a level playing field. And yeah. I, I think that's, that that can only that can't come quick enough. To be completely honest, yeah, because the torment that people must be going through whilst like 
we talk about coming out must be mm-hmm. absolutely horrendous it's not something that i've ever, ever had to deal with so i also mean what that goes i guess what that goes to show is that no matter how privileged as a position you're in you know whether you're i mean look at people like whitney houston look at premier league football players they've got all the money in the world yeah uh you know they've got all the fame in the world they've got all the riches in the world that doesn't make it any easier to come out like no. and how important to talk about the fact that you could be in an incredibly privileged position and yet you still can't come out so let's if you think about that let's then think of all those people who are not in those kind of financial positions who aren't in a position of fame and support who are you know not surrounded by support and think about how even harder it is for them yeah no absolutely so yeah cool. so that was did you know there we are and you didn't know i had no idea and of course it being joe and i we ended up talking about football that i feel like that's going to be a theme <laughs> i'll be honest and we still managed to make it relevant it was no absolutely like, there is like now if someone was having a secret homosexual affair mm-hmm. in music i think it would be far less shocking than if a footballer, oh, absolutely. A footballer came out and, absolutely i mean that would like, if if it came out that i'm trying to think of a musician who's popular now taylor swift yeah if that i would look at a headline and be like oh okay. but that's not it's that that to me wouldn't be shocking if i was to read something like harry kane harry kane yeah i'd be like oh okay that's yeah that's that's news that's yeah. that's kind of that's yeah very i mean that's interesting that you've mentioned that because um in the very first issue of her kind we've got a whole segment on the rise of sad girl queer pop specifically yep. queer women my making... my favorite thing in the <laughs> entire world specifically queer women making music about other women and being so open about it and having successful careers i mean like that's what i mean like whitney houston if she were to come out at the height of the 80s at the height of her fame would she have ruined her career yeah. quite possibly yes now people like claro people like king princess you know people like snail mail these people are, are succeeding more and more perhaps even because of the fact that they're appealing to a market and an audience that wants this we want queer women's music so things really have changed yeah absolutely. and that's 30 years well, well almost it's coming up to 40 years isn't it yeah, in the 80s absolutely. um so how much will change you know in the next 30 years i in that time i hope we see our first openly gay football player i think and you I, hope, yeah. I genuinely i honestly think you are and like i said the abuse will go will go on with that absolutely there will yeah. still be that guy on twitter who yep. will keep doing it and there's nothing you can really do about that except call him out mm-hmm. and but that it will happen it absolutely will happen 100 percent. but yeah i think our did you know this week kind of um as much as it makes us sad about the past and what queer people had to go through in the past especially queer women i think it also enables us to realize that times really have changed and it reflects the fact that progress will continue to be made and i think that's a nice note to end yeah. our first episode on uh is that if you feel like right now you can't come out uh if you feel like you don't want to come out don't feel like that feeling is going to be forever because it's not every single feeling is temporary and at some point if you want to you will be able to tell the people that matter to you and you'll be able to tell the people that you love uh, even if you're afraid times are changing progress is being made day by day uh and eventually you'll be able to come out if you want to and if you feel comfortable yeah absolutely and on that note that's the end of our first episode of one gay one guy did you enjoy that joe oh, i loved it mate especially I genu- i'm genuinely shocked that i didn't know that about winnie houston i feel like that's something you should know it's huge right it's yeah. massive news yeah. maybe we should uh, put out something on our twitter page and you know ask our followers whether they knew it absolutely. and find out how many people Check knew this socials. kind of thing what is, yeah. our tw- what is our twitter handle so you can find us at her kind mag on instagram uh, you can also find us uh, under the same handle on twitter uh, we'll be posting there um, especially from 
our digital launch, yeah. um, which is going to accompany this yeah. podcast. Podcast. Uh, gonna, is, this is going to go on everything. Yep, this it's is going to go, go on everything. everything. Yeah. You'll get it on the Instagram. You'll get it on Twitter. You'll get it on our website. Um, all our digital stuff is going to go up, and we're going to be talking about the same kind of thing we've been chatting about here. Yep. Um, who knows? You might even see a piece in a couple of weeks' time on the concept of coming out in the sporting world and in football. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So thanks for listening, guys. We've been one gay, one guy. Thanks, guys. <laughs>